Okay, guys, I'm going to run through the information for the Module 7 lecture on deviance. I'm also going to send you another one uh, looking at those theories of deviance. We talked about a few of those, and I have a couple that I just want to make sure I cover. Uh, but looking at the first slide here in terms of the idea, that the emphasis you want to make is that deviance is uh, when you deviate from the norm. It doesn't have to be negative. Uh, there are a lot of positive forms of deviance. Uh, that people are going to recognize and support and, and be appreciative of, uh, but it's the fact that you're doing something differently than what the societal norms are currently at the time. Now, from a uh, sociological perspective, as I said, it's not uh, inherent in any act, uh, and the idea, they talk about the idea of de demons can exist even in a community of saints, uh, in that idea that it doesn't necessarily have to mean bad, it can simply mean different. Uh, you know, being green-eyed when everybody else has blue eyes makes you deviant. Uh, being left-handed when everybody else is right-handed makes you deviant. Being the only child surrounded by a bunch of people that have multiple siblings makes you deviant. Uh, playing a specific instrument, as I mentioned, like my cousin, being a bassoonist makes you deviant. Uh, those are all different things that simply deviate from the norm. Now... In terms of what makes you deviant, uh, you talk about the idea of what they call the claims maker. And we mentioned this before, uh, but you're looking at the idea that uh, these individuals are the ones that are deciding that, yes, your behavior is deviant. Uh, and that can change based on time, setting, uh, circumstances, experiences, those types of things. And like I said, your behavior that you engage in when you're hanging out with your friends versus your that same type of behavior in church some people would see that behavior as possibly being deviant. Some people might not. Uh, it just depends. At that time, uh, you know, look at the, the idea of if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? If nobody's there to hear it, the same type of idea. If anybody isn't there to label your behavior as deviant, it's not deviant uh, in some cases. Now, in some cases, obviously, some types of behavior are always going to be deviant, whether some people can witness it or not. Now, there are a number of different mechanisms by which society is going to attempt to control people uh, using sanctions, uh, using censorship so they never get the information even uh, made available to them, uh, the use of surveillance, uh, which people then discipline themselves, uh, mandates or orders of authority, and then peer pressure in many cases that get people to conform because you don't want to stick out uh, in, in those circumstances. Uh, when we talked about sanctions, we discussed this a couple times. Uh, those can be both formal and informal, with formal being those that are backed by law and have a set punishment for certain types of behaviors. Informal are those that are more spontaneous and more reactionary based on certain behaviors. And this can be positive and this can be negative. Uh, it just kind of depends on the circumstance and what you're looking at what types of behaviors you're dealing with. Now, the second, as I mentioned, is the idea of censorship. Uh, and this prevents information from being made available to an audience uh, and limiting those types of things and, and keeping those different ideas and concepts and things away from the public's eye uh, can definitely affect perception. And obviously, people don't know that there's a problem. They're not going to act out in relation to that problem. Uh, surveillance is the monitoring of your movements in those cases, which I said, in most cases, people know when they're being under surveillance, which we'll talk about with the Panopticon later they're going to be more likely to behave because they know that they're being watched and observed and don't want to draw attention to themselves and get in trouble. Now, 
when we talk about conformity, um, we looked at the ASH experiment, we looked at Milgram's experiment, and you'll be looking at the Stanford Prison Project uh, and why people submit to authority figures. Um, Milgram obviously was a landmark uh, experiment in relation to that, and when people would submit to the orders of a scientist uh, and be willing to give someone a lethal dose of electricity uh, simply because they're told that it's essential that they continue to do it. Now, we talked also what the idea between the autonomous and the agentic state. The autonomous state is when people are going to take uh, responsibility for their own actions. Uh, once they move into the agentic state, which a lot of these people that cross that threshold past that first point of uh, distress by the person, that they give over uh, decision-making power to the scientists or whoever the authority figure that they identify as uh, in that particular situation, which uh, if you remember the kid, the, the kid with the red hair that said that I was just doing my job and this was my responsibility, so if they die, it's, it's on the uh, scientist to do so. Um, in order to reach that agentic state, as I, as I posted there for you, the person has, that's giving the orders has to be see, seen as qualified, which a scientist or a doctor would. Uh, and that person believes that they have accepted responsibility for their actions, so they no longer have to worry about the consequences because they're not responsible for what they're doing. They're simply following orders, and that's the argument that they make in these circumstances. Another concept related to conformity that I wanted to make sure to talk about was the idea of groupthink. And with groupthink, you're looking at uh, a phenomenon that occurs when Groups take action and actively work to suppress uh, questions of doubt or expressions of doubt, um, and they disregard some of the moral consequences for their actions. When you talk about like an angry mob, in some cases, that's kind of the approach that they're taking, that they're not looking for other ideas. They have a mindset, and this is what we're going to do. They don't care about the consequences, if they're out for blood or they're out for revenge or whatever it might be. That's what they do. Uh, and anybody that questions that mob might become the next target. Uh, so you look at those things in terms of how they approach it. Now, the next thing that uh, I wanted to talk about really quick was the idea of strain, which is something I won't spend a lot of time on because uh, I'll talk about it with the theories. Um, but it looks at those issues with how society develops goals that need to be accomplished and a means by which to achieve them. And when you have an imbalance that exists between those two, you experience strain. And there are a number of different ways that people may experience this. One might be because they don't think that the means are actually going to get them there. You know, some people have doubts about, you know, why should I go to college if I don't know I'm going to have a job, for example. Uh, or the opportunities just aren't there. You know, we talked about in class in terms of a number of different times, and you might be in a really competitive field, and you go to school, you do everything right, you just... The timing's not right to get the job, um, and that can be a source of strain. Uh, and then the third big situation where strain might occur is when you value the goals over everything else. So you want the good grades, or you're willing to lie, cheat, do whatever you need to do, because all you're carried about, caring about is getting the grade, not whether you learn things, not uh, who you hurt along the way. You're just trying to get that grade, um, and that can cause strain as well. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about those reactions to strain from Robert Merton, the conformist, the innovator, 
the ritualist retreatist and rebellion uh, response. So I'll talk about those a little bit later on. Uh, I'm going to jump down to that status of deviant. I mentioned the idea before about the primary deviant to those that it's more incidental or insignificant. People can usually overlook those things. But when you go into that secondary status of deviant, there's situations where they can't be overlooked. You're going to have to punish these people uh, because it's clearly taken on that perspective of who they are. Um, one issue when you talk about the master status of deviant that comes into play is the idea of the stigma. And Irving Goffman identified three broad categories. Um, stigma related to the body, stigma related to your behavior, and stigma that an audience has defined as racial, ethnic, religious, or, or uh, based on their nationality. Uh, talking, you know, a lot of times with, with stereotypes and things like that in terms of those expectations that you don't know an individual, but you have this particular predefined typif typification about a, a race or a religious group or something uh, that's going to affect your perception of that particular group. Now, in terms of response to uh, the stigmatization, uh, it can eliminate visible markers that act as barriers to success. Uh, it causes an issue with trying to work really hard to try and overcome stereotypes. You know, you look at issues with affirmative action and people that worked really hard to get in positions were then discredited because people said that they're the token minority or something along those lines that they didn't work as hard or uh, you know, a lot talk about with women in similar circumstances that they're there simply because they're a woman, not because they earned it. Uh, and people have those types of stereotypes that they now have to battle and overcome to prove that they're there because they worked hard uh, and in dealing those things. Uh, and then in some cases, you look at the issues with condemning of the normals uh, that can turn around on them that you know, uh, if you remember the Alan Backey case in, in your government classes, they talked about individuals that were discriminated against because they were, uh, Alan Backey was uh, a white male student trying to get into medical school, and he was actually discriminated against because he was a white male, uh, and he was uh, passed over for an opportunity to go to medical school, even though he had much better qualifications uh, in terms of scores and grades and, and those types of things, simply because he was white. Um, so it can turn around in some cases in relation to that as well, which also can cause some problems and questions and things like that. Uh, the last thing I wanted to look at in terms of uh, this particular PowerPoint, you look at the issues of, of punishment. They talk about illegitimate opportunities is something that we'll talk about later on, so I'm going to jump over that right now because I'll talk about illegitimate opportunity theory. Uh, but I do want to get into the culture of spectacle a little bit uh, and carceral culture, which when you talk about punishment, originally it was more about the presentation, you know, public beheadings, public hangings, and things like that, putting people in the stocks and having kids hurl rotten fruit at them and things like that because they're sending a message to everybody else. That person's decision has been made. Uh, it's now an issue that uh, they're serving as an example for why everybody else needs to behave. Carceral culture is when you abandon those physical forms and public forms of punishment and put people under surveillance. So they begin disciplining themselves and they're taken away from society and kind of forgotten in many cases. Um, 
We'll talk about the Panopticon a little bit later. I'm going to talk about some specifics with that and Michel Foucault uh, and discuss some of those things. And that's about it for right now. So uh, I'm going to run through uh, some of the theories of deviance once again. Uh, I know I got through a lot of them before we went on break, uh, but I just want to make sure that those are covered. So that's where we're at for uh, Module 7. Uh, and I'll send this out to you guys here really quick.